Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Alright, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, it's a special episode. We're not talking about just one movie. We are talking about the nominees and our predictions for the 94th Academy Awards happening this Sunday, March 27th, 2022. We're going to try to do some predictions, see what happens. I'm almost always wrong, but you know. You got to do it. So joining me is Ben Miller, film critic from Ice Cream for Freaks. And uh, Ben's been on the show before, and I'm happy to have him back. We have a great conversation coming up. We don't hit every one of the categories. Uh, if anyone who has listened to Piecing It Together knows, we just do a, a few categories. I'm a composer, so I always do score. Uh, all the acting categories, director, and of course, picture just for the sake of time, and there's other movie podcasts you can go listen to that specifically cover the awards, and uh, those would be the ones I would recommend you go listen to if you want predictions for every category. We're just going to do these ones, and this way we can get some last thoughts in on some of 2021's best movies. So... We're going to get to that in a second. Before we do, I want to remind you, as always, to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts. You can rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods or on Spotify or on Podchaser. And we really appreciate those five-star ratings and reviews. Supposedly, they help us get uh, seen by new listeners and get us up the charts and all those apps and all that stuff. And I don't know if any of that really works. It's, it's like uh, the campaigning for Oscars of the podcasting world. But, uh, you know, whatever. I appreciate it when you do it. And uh, it's, it's nice to see uh, people enjoying the show and giving us feedback and all that. So please do that and make sure you're subscribed. And you can follow us over on social media, on all the social medias, at PiecingPod. I'm most active on Twitter, but every once in a while I try to remember that we have an Instagram and uh, post some stuff there. Maybe I'll start doing that more often. We also have the Facebook group Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. And we have the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I post advanced and bonus content from Piecing It Together, from Awesome Movie Year, who actually just uh, posted a brand new exclusive bonus episode on American Pie uh, on the Patreon. Uh, also, bonus content from my music career. Lots of great stuff. It's patreon.com slash Rosen. Check it out. And uh, with all that said, yeah, let's talk about the Oscars, guys. 
All right, Ben Miller, the David Thewlis of podcasting, is back with us today. Ben, how's it going? It's going great. I am exactly like David Thewlis, except I'm not English. I'm less talented. I'm younger. Um, uh, I'm I'm much less anonymous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but besides that, we're exactly the same. Yeah, you got you got to have similarities and differences in order to you know paint the full <laughs> picture. So that's right. You know, I I appreciate you filling those blanks in for us, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm very happy to have you back on the show. Good to be and back. And also for this special thing, talking Oscars, it's something we kind of have to do as a movie podcast, you yep. know, even though the point of this show is not really to discuss awards and things like that. It's like we're a movie podcast. You have to talk Oscars of course. before Oscars weekend. And uh, this has been a quite a contentious year. I guess it always is, but uh, I don't know. It just feels extra this year. Maybe... Maybe it's the fact everyone's just on Twitter all day, every day, and just arguing about everything. I don't know. There's also been a lot of very, and I'm sure we'll get into this, a lot of like last minute changes to people's predictions. Oh, I yeah. know I've been changing all week, but uh, I don't know. This will be a fun thing to talk about, though. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm glad that you are the guest to do it. I, I know that you're going to have uh, some, some good takes here. I uh, would like to hope so. <laughs> so uh, we will only be doing a... Uh, certain subset of the categories like i always do on the show uh for the past four years we've been doing this podcast uh, i do score the four acting awards director and picture and that's for the sake of time and there's you know a million other movie podcasts that do this and some that are very specifically dedicated to the oscars and they're very good podcasts so if you want the full breakdown i definitely suggest people go and listen to those we're going to just cut it down. Uh, we're just a movie podcast. We can do that. The Oscars shouldn't be doing that as they are uh, <laughs> cutting out a whole lot of categories from the, uh, yeah. from the broadcast, which I think we should just mention for a second here at the top is a- an insane decision. One of many insane decisions this year. Completely insane. It's, it's, the Oscars always seem to do the right thing after they've expended every other possibility to mess it up. Sure. Um, I, I'm still holding out hope they're like, it's, I mean, we're, f- we're five days away and I think the ship is kind of probably already sailed on the, the present presenting all of them, but you right. know, like you get the Rachel Ziegler thing and it's like, oh, she was, she's the star of one of the best picture nominees and she's not invited. And it makes enough of a stink where it immediately changes, but it seems like, man, as soon as it happened, everybody started coming out against it and the Oscars are just like, nope, we're going to do this. And it's, it's, they're not going to, they're not going to back down from it. And I, I, I put it on Twitter yesterday and it's like, man, I, I, I love the Oscars and I want them to do well, but man, I'm kind of hoping for it to tank a little bit this year just because of what a terrible decision this is sure yeah yeah to like kind of like show them like stop trying to reinvent the wheel yeah. go back to just showing the oscars on the oscar do, sunday every decision they make you're just like what is going like okay you have three hosts fine uh uh amy schumer's decision one wanted president Zelensky. oh that was a mm. terrible decision um Awful. luckily they didn't do that and then the the lack of categories and dj khaled being there and uh, uh, Tony Hawk presenting. Now, Tony Hawk, in his defense, uh, listed his resume today on Twitter about how he has been in all the Jackass movies and Triple X and uh, Sharknado 5. So uh, yeah. his resume speaks for himself. But um, regardless, I mean, why would you have these things whenever there's... It's all about, oh, we love movies. It's like, well, why is DJ Khaled there? Why is We Need to Talk About Bruno, a movie that... A song that was 
never submitted for Oscar consideration. Right. Going to get a huge thing on the broadcast. Doesn't make any sense. Because they have no idea what they're doing and they're just trying to recapture something that, quite frankly, uh, in 2022... uh, can't really work the same no, 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 way no. that it used to, but uh, they're just trying things, throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what'll stick. And uh, yep. yeah, it is what it is. But we'll, of course, be watching. And uh, I, as I am in most years, will probably be wrong with a lot of my predictions here, but you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, being wrong's half the fun. That's right. Absolutely. So, uh, spoiler alert, uh, I'll probably be bringing up licorice pizza a lot on this podcast. Just wanted to get that out there. But uh, let's start with score. Uh, and the nominees for best score are Don't Look Up from Nicholas Bertel, Dune from Hans Zimmer, Encanto from Jermaine Franco, Parallel Mothers from Alberto Iglesias, and The Power of the Dog from Johnny Greenwood. What do you have uh, for should win and what do you have for will win? Um, I think this is a this is a should win for uh, Hans Zimmer from Dune. Um, mm-hmm. This is it, it's this always feels like it feels like a two horse race between Hans Zimmer and Johnny Greenwood. As most of the tech categories in general, it's is it going to be Dune or is it going to be Power of the Dog? And sure. uh, that's that seems to be the prevailing notion here. I, I'm curious about the categories. Maybe reluctance to be like, okay, Johnny Greenwood's doing the you know, pick up and down the guitar string again. And it's, it's, uh, and, uh, setting the mood and setting the, it's, uh, it, it, it always does seem to set the correct mood for the correct film. But I wonder if the branch who's already awarded him, uh, maybe goes like, Oh, let's go to Hans Zimmer this time. And, and it's been a long time since Hans Zimmer has won. It has so been a long time. Yeah. And in addition to that, um, a lot of people kind of look at it and go, well, Johnny Greenwood, Maybe does deserve this, but it's probably for the wrong movie because mm. his score in Spencer is that much better. Mm. Um, so I'm, I, I would lean towards Hans Zimmer. As far mm. as my personal preference, uh, it would be uh, Alberto Iglesias. I thought his yeah. score in Parallel Mothers was um, entrancing and, and uh, is su- such a compliment to the narrative as opposed to just overbearing and uh, uh, something you... It, I, I always prefer scores that uh, that add to it as opposed to being like, man, this is way too much. Yeah, yeah, no, I, absolutely. That that score of Parallel Mothers, um, that was my last like catch up, yeah, uh, film for for this conversation. I, I just watched it last night, and I absolutely love the score. Uh, I think I'm leaning towards that for my should win as well. Yeah. Um, I originally had Power of the Dog because I actually do really love that score, and I actually do like give it the edge over Spencer, really? even though his Spencer score is great as well. But um. Yeah, I think I'm actually going to go with you there on uh, Alberto Iglesias being the should win. And uh, I would go with Hans Zimmer as will win. I I think they are going to give it to him. I think there's a lot of narrative around it of like, like Hans Zimmer just being this huge name, hasn't won in a long time created new sounds for this which by the way all composers create new yeah. Sounds. yeah but i mean it's a big part of the narrative and people love to hear it yeah uh and uh, as much as i didn't necessarily love dune um it's a pretty awesome score yeah yeah and technically it's almost in infel- like uh, across the board all the technical aspects are almost untouchable yeah absolutely so what is something that was not nominated that you think should have been oh uh well uh, like i said i uh, i really like uh I really like Johnny Greenwood's score for um, for Spencer. Uh, that's mm-hmm. one that I was a big fan of. Um, as far as the other things I had, um, 
I, I, the uh, score for Nine Days, it's a little film that I'm, uh, a lot of people didn't see, but I, I had mm-hmm. a chance to see it. It's, uh, um, it's Winston Duke, and uh, it, it's, a, it's, a very, it's, it's an odd movie to kind of get into, but it was one of my favorites from last year, and the score is so uh, hauntingly beautiful the entire time, and such a, uh, as opposed to a compliment to the narrative, it almost is the driving force of the narrative, if that makes any mm-hmm. sense. It's, sure. it, it's such a, without that score, I'm not sure the impact of the silence makes that much more of, a, uh, of an impact. Um, that would be the one that really had uh, no chance. But uh, also, I, uh, uh, shout out to Passing, all the little jazzy riffs oh, uh, sure. in, uh, in between there. That was always, I always thought that was the underrated part of that movie that not a whole lot of people talked about. Yeah, yeah, no, good score there as well. Um, but yeah, Nine Days actually came up on our uh, top 10 scores of 2021 episode. Perfect. My guest brought it up. I haven't seen the film yet, but uh, I listened to it after we had that conversation. And yeah, it's it's fantastic. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to watching the movie. Uh, for people who did listen to that episode, my number one, The Last Duel, Harry Gregson Williams. Mm. That would be my pick for mm. uh, something that should have been nominated. Just uh, absolutely as epic as epic can get and just sure. uh, an awesome, memorable score. Um, I, I love that piece of music that he put together there. Um, and overall, a, a great movie that kind of got ignored by audiences and by the Academy. Very surprising. Uh, it's uh, Whenever we watched it, I was like, man, it, it, you know, kind of had a bad reputation for a little bit. And then you watch it and you're like, I don't really understand the, yeah, I don't really understand where the, this is terrible came from. And right. Yeah. But is what it is. Yeah. Weird Matt Damon year, I guess. Yeah, very much so. Very much. Uh, so supporting male performance, we have Siren Hines for Belfast, Troy Coetzer for Coda, Jesse Plemons for The Power of the Dog, Cody Smith McPhee for The Power of the Dog, and J.K. Simmons for Being the Ricardo. So what do you have for should win and will win? So should win as far as the category... Um, I, I do have, it is as, as it is in the actual category of the Oscars, it's neck and neck between Cody Smith and and Troy Coetzer. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, uh, I lean towards Cody Smith McPhee just because as far as my preference, just because of, it's so hard to get a, have a non shouty performance stand out as greatly as it has. Sure. And you, you know, you go into that movie and you're like, man, he's just, he's not, is he not doing much? And then after a while, once you understand what he's going for, you're like, man, mm-hmm. he's nailing exactly what this is, what, what the bandwidth of this character is going for and kind of what the film is. And uh, that, that'd be my personal preference. That being said, uh, Cody Smith, if will have to settle for second place because Troy Coetzer has been steamrolling everything and there is no reason to expect he won't win this on Sunday. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. There, there's not a chance that Troy Coaster doesn't. I'd yeah. say this is maybe the most locked of any of these uh, nominees we're going to talk about. Uh, I totally agree, even though I'm not a big fan of Coda. We'll talk about that more as we get into <laughs> this. But uh, I think should win. I'm actually going with Jesse Plemons. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with everything you said about Cody Smith McPhee here with The Power of the Dog. But I don't know. Maybe it's just that I like Jesse Plemons so much and mm-hmm. I'm excited to see him win some awards, which we know he's going to over the course of his career. Uh, but I, I just think that he really brings a lot to the performance and yeah. holds his own against the much bigger role of Benedict Cumberbatch and uh, is, I just think, really fantastic in it. 
I agree. I mean, I, I, the Plemons is such a like. A, I've never seen a film with him where I've ever been like, I either think he's terrible, or I think he's spectacular. With ever with never really an in between. Like sure. Uh, yeah. Like uh, I, I, I'm thinking of ending things. I hated. I think of ending things, and it drove oh, me really? up the wall. But <laughs> no. just watch Windfall last week. Thought he was great. Like, oh, I love uh, and yeah. great in this. And then, uh, there'll be like, it, it's always a hit or miss. And, mm-hmm. uh, this was a hit. I mean, it, but, uh, the subtlety of Cody McPhee, you take that subtlety and ramp it up by a thousand and you get, that's what Jesse Plemons is in this film. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, what is something that was not nominated that you think should have been, <sighs> you know, I, I, not, not to self promote, but our episode on Zola and Coleman mm. Domingo, I mean, yeah. That guy was so good in 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 the film. I mean, he's I I pointed it out, and it's one of my favorite things I've ever written on written down. He every decision he makes is absolutely insane and completely correct. And it's hard to convey terror and humor in the same performance and have the consistency between the two. He was so good in that. Um, outside of him, uh, I I I I will never understand why mass never connected with anybody in mm. any awards body anywhere. And Jason Isaacs was my favorite supporting performance of the year. And I, I, I'll, I'll never understand what happened, why it went the way it went, but it did. And that was that. So, but Jason you Isaacs, know, pour one out for him. I still haven't seen mass. And I joked on Twitter, like a, a month or two ago that that movie basically doesn't exist. Like I, I'm not even sure if it's even available yet, or if it's still just a screener that like, you know, like they have done nothing with the release of that. It's, movie. it's very like, so, so with, uh, MGM deciding to release Cyrano, uh, like two months too late. <laughs> yeah. It's like that with mass, except they just forgot to release it. Like they, really they, feels they gave way. it to critics, critics like falling over themselves and there was no groundswell because nobody in the public ever saw it unless you're a critic. And yeah. like you, you see that just like you do with Peter Dinklage, you look at, it's like, man, why was he not nominated? This is the narrative wise, the actor, the, the acclaim, all that stuff lined up. And it's like, man, what a butchering of a, of a campaign. And essentially, I guess mass was just too small for them to care about. And it's yeah. too, I guess it was too, it's a, it's a, it's not exactly a fun watch, but I, I, that's my guess is just, it's like, man, they just couldn't, couldn't figure out how to get it out there. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. So for my should have been nominated. Um, so at first, uh, I was sitting here trying to figure out which supporting performance from uh, Licorice Pizza I wanted to <laughs> include. Bradley Cooper, Sean Penn, Tom Waits, even Benny Safdie. They kind of split the uh, the vote. And then I was going to go with Vincent Linden from To Ten yes. instead. And now I'm actually kind of leaning towards copying you and uh, going with Coleman Domingo because you're absolutely right. He was so damn good in that movie. And when I was making my notes here, it didn't cross my mind. But now that you're bringing it back up, I'm like, (laughs) God, was he good in that movie? Just like our podcast, under her, just like the movie Underseen. Like, yeah, anybody who sees Zola realizes how fantastic he is and everybody in that film. But in general, yeah, I absolutely. Yeah. So let's go on to supporting female performance. We've got Jesse Buckley from The Lost Daughter, 
Uh, Ariana DeBose from West Side Story, Judy Dench in Belfast, Kristen Dunst in The Power of the Dog, and Anjanu Ellis from King Richard. Uh, who do you have for should win and will win? Uh, this is the first one I actually uh, agree with, have the same should and will win, and it's Ariana DeBose. Okay. Ariana DeBose right. is going to steamroll this just like Troy Coetzer has. I, I'm not sure she's missed a single precursor. Um, like at least some places, Cody Smith McPhee has gotten some precursor attention and Ariana DeBose just hasn't missed anywhere. Yeah. I will preface this by saying I was not a fan of West Side Story. Like mm -hmm. I, I got into it. I was excited. I, I ramped myself up. Me and my wife sat down. We're like, oh, right. West Side Story. This is going to be great. And then I'm sitting there an hour in going, well, this is okay and yeah. at the end of the movie i went well ariana debose was great and every time <laughs> she's on screen it's a breath of fresh air it's a it's a burst of electricity and she's magnetic and she's incredible but the rest of the movie never connected with me but i'm completely behind her the success that she's had and her in this film um kirsten dunst and Anjanae Ellis is probably our close second, but uh, mm -hmm. I do have uh, I do have Debose for both. Yeah, well, I, I've got it for win as well. Ariana Debose, absolutely. It's that's probably going to happen. I would say. I I don't know that it's a hundred percent a lock though. I think that a lot of these are are pretty strong with with some of what's been going on in the award circuit so far. Mm -hmm. But but yeah, I, I do think most likely that's where it's going to go. My should win, um, probably uh, less support with this one, but I'm going with Jessie Buckley for mm. The Lost Daughter. I, I think that she is the best part of the movie, and uh, I think that she is so good. And I, I, I think that she, you know, much like, you know, a Jessie Plemons will eventually get her, her moment. Yeah, you know, it might young, not yeah. be this movie, but uh, I just think she's so good. Yeah, um, th that's a film that I always have as a as a father it's it's tough to watch and it's mm -hmm. tough to kind of grapple with like you you look at the kind of the actions of the characters in the movie and you're like man the fact that they're really good is frustrating because <laughs> the actions are so deplorable and you're like man i can't i can't i can't really wrap my mind around this but i agree she is she is wonderful in a role and i also like one of my favorite things about her performance is she's not doing an olivia coleman impression Right. Like she she knows that Olivia Coleman's obviously playing her. And Olivia Coleman does the same. She's not doing a Jesse Buckley impression. They're kind of just sure. like they're kind of meeting in the middle without emulating any part of themselves, but at the same time it feels like the same character. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is part of what makes that movie so interesting. Yeah, I think. absolutely. Um yeah. So uh what do you have as something that should have been nominated? <sighs> well, um I mean <laughs> Part of me wants to say Harriet Sonson Harris just for your own sake, because I know you're going to say it. Um, yep. <laughs> but uh, a, a, again, to, uh, again, to um, piggyback off of Mass, I mean, Martha Plimpton or Ann Dowd, either one, uh, there's no understanding for why it didn't go that way. Like, yeah. um, Martha Plimpton was actually my favorite performance of the entire year of any uh, across performances. Wow. Um, uh, a, a name that I, I haven't seen a whole lot of people throw out that I really enjoyed was Melina Smith in Parallel Mothers. I thought, okay, yeah. I thought she did a great job in that, but she really got, she, I guess, overshadowed by the film and Cruise, but I mean, I thought she was incredible. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And yeah, I mass is probably going to be like one of the first things that I catch up on yeah. after I take a nice deep sigh and, sure. you know, release the Oscars. As you should, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you are absolutely correct. Harriet Sansom Harris is my pick here. Um, better than even all of those guys I just mentioned in the supporting actor uh, should have been nominated. Um, be- best scene of the year. Uh, it's just <laughs> so funny. Just, just comes in and steals the whole movie, the whole movie in, in a four minute scene. I mean, yeah. Just incredible. So funny. Uh, anybody who hasn't seen Licorice Pizza yet, uh, watch it, especially for her one scene. So good. Absolutely. <laughs> so let's move on to the leading performance categories. Let's start with uh, leading performance male. We've got Javier Bardem for being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith for King Richard, and Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth. What do you got? Uh, Will Wynn is Will Smith. Um, mm-hmm. It's the the narrative, the timing, everything's lining up. Um, his speeches have been good. Uh, he doesn't really miss anywhere. Uh, it seems like it would be shocking if he didn't win. It's not not mm-hmm. a not a not a Chadwick Boseman situation because people kind of saw that one coming. But right. if if somebody else not named Will Smith would win, it would be like, well, where'd this come from? That doesn't make any sense. Um, right. So it sure seems like he will win um as far as the should win i have andrew garfield uh Mm -hmm. it's it was such a magnetic performance a movie star performance that requires skill and technique and uh the effort you can feel it all there and uh not to mention the whirlwind of uh of a press tour between him and spider-man saying he's not in spider-man before everybody obviously knows he's in spider-man he had a big year Big year, big year. But uh, and then I, I, I also I'm very fond of his performance in the eyes of Tammy Faye that got no attention. But uh, yeah, he's my personal preference. I will say, uh, of the of the best actor nominees, um, Cumberbatch, Garfield, and Washington are one, two, three in some order. Mm-hmm. I actively do not like Will Smith and King Richard. I think the movie works despite him, not because mm-hmm. of him. I think that that performance is so uncharacteristic of what the entire movie has and the feeling and the, the you know, the, there's such a sense of realism and then this cartoon character of a human, uh, right, right. which, which, yeah. So Richard Williams is a character, but you can look up what, who Richard Williams is. He's still around. There's video of him. He's not that like, right. it's, it's so out of, so out of place. Um, I mean, I, I feel like he's going to win, but that is what it is. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I basically agree with what you were just saying there about Will Smith, but I have him as will win and should win. Um, and the reason why is because, I mean, first of all, I don't necessarily love, love the other performances, but also I, it, it's almost like being beaten into submission into like, like, yeah. you know what? Screw it. You should win. Like everybody says he should win. I give up on the other. I really like Andrew Garfield. He would probably be my second choice. Benedict Cumberbatch is great. Probably be my third choice. Uh, it's just like, just give it to him, man. You know, <laughs> that's yeah, have where it I'm done at with, with that. So, there, somebody was saying there's a narrative around, we got to give it to Will Smith now because when will he have another chance? Mm. And he's coming out with a highly anticipated Apple TV plus uh, movie next year. So, I mean... Mm. It's it, it's always it's always the it's the narrative of these categories 
this is the one where you're like, okay, this is the one that that has taken hold, regardless of whether or not people like it or not. Will Smith's going to win because the narrative is there. Yeah. Well, and I do think like, you know, we come to these conversations, you know, more with a critical point of view, but like, I think general audiences that they're trying so hard to appeal to probably love King Richard and probably love And Will Smith in general. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what do you have for something that should have been nominated? I, I, I throw it back to one of my favorite episodes of your podcast, uh, to your episode of pig with, uh, when, uh, it it was, it was much more food heavy than I was expecting. Just, uh, (laughs) I I was, that's a lot of, a lot of Portland food scene that I was expecting, but regardless, um, Nicholas Cage, talk about, talk about a redemption story and a great, uh, whirlwind press tour. Uh, Nicholas Cage, he was my, he was my favorite male performance of the year. He was, if he was in this lineup, he'd be my number one over, over Garfield, Washington and Cumberbatch. Um, it's, 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 you never expect a guy like Cage has been in such crap for so long. Whenever mm. that came along, he's like, man, that's incredible. I can't believe that's a thing he did. Like he's, right. he still got it in him. It's, yeah. it's, it was, it was such a, such a wonderful thing to see. Um, so he would be, he would be the primary one. I do want to shout out to a, a Mir Jadidi from a hero, the star of, a, of, uh, Esgar Fahadi's a hero, um, sure. a movie that somehow missed the, the foreign language or the, excuse me, international film lineup. Um, yeah, but I mean, his performance is so heartbreakingly authentic and human. Um, I would, and yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's the other guy I always think of besides cage. I'm like, man, he never really took hold. Yeah. Yeah. Now that, that movie did not uh, get the attention that I think most people expected it to. Uh, but yeah, I completely agree. Of course, Nicholas cage is, is number one for, for this. And, honestly with a lot of these it's just more like you know i wish they had been nominated but maybe it doesn't deserve the win just it should be you know part of the five but no cage should have been nominated and won this absolutely it's one of those things i wonder if it would have kind of taken hold if he had gotten the nomination it's kind of like the penelope cruz situation where the nomination is the is the barrier and after that maybe you never know what happens but sure yeah absolutely all right, uh, let's go to leading female performance. We've got Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz in Parallel Mothers, Nicole Kidman in Being the Ricardos, and Kristen Stewart for Spencer. What should win and what will win? <sighs> um, this, is a, this is probably the toughest one. It is absolutely <laughs> the toughest one. It's, it's such a weird race because six months ago, Kristen Stewart had this in the bag. Two months yeah. ago, Nicole Kidman had this in the bag. Mm. Uh, you know, six weeks ago, uh, Lady Gaga was going to win this. <laughs> sure. After the nominations, Olivia Coleman was in line. And now all of a sudden, it's up to Jessica Chastain's turn. And yeah. everybody says she's going to win. And now there are rumblings about Penelope Cruz. So mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, nice to have a, it's nice to have a race this wide open. Um, as much as I would like to say... Oh, who's gonna win? It's gonna be. It's probably gonna end up being Jessica Chastain. This mm. is. Um, it, it seems like a consensus has solidified around her as the acceptable candidate, as mm-hmm. opposed to, you know, Coleman, Cruz, and Kidman already have Oscars, so sure. you can kind of okay. They don't need another one now. Cruz is kind of the exception to that rule because she has a supporting actress Oscar, 
And for some reason, the Oscars is like, well, you have a supporting actress Oscar, but you're a lead actress. So we have to give you a lead Oscar to essentially give you any validity. Sure. Um, and they kind of look at Kristen Stewart and going, oh, she's young. She'll have a long career. She keeps doing great work. And they barely nominated her as it is. Right. Yeah. It, it feels like it's going to be Jessica Chastain. If there would be a surprise, I would actually lean more towards Stewart. I think Cruz is the best of the five performances. Mm -hmm. um, but you could talk me into Stewart or Coleman as being one of the best performances. Like, it's not like, oh, she's head of... Uh, all of these women I've been were really good. Cole, uh, Nicole Kidman was my least favorite of them, and I still thought she was probably the best. She she single handedly almost made that movie work. It didn't work, but it almost right. Did. Like <laughs> right, yeah, she's probably the best part of that movie, yeah, but yeah. not very good regardless. Yeah, still, yeah, no, I I completely agree though. All four of the other ones are are just fantastic and it's just so hard to pick between but i i do think jessica chastain is going to win this and uh I, I i'd love to see uh michael showalter uh directing uh somebody to their oscar that's fantastic i mean he almost he he uh, this is a this is a niche of mine where i have um of all the stupid oscar stats i keep track of the director's directing acting nominations Okay. So I have a master list of every single director who has ever directed an Oscar nomination. Um, and a couple of years ago, I, I started keeping this a couple of years ago, and I was so ready for Michael Showalter to have his first, but they snubbed Holly Hunter for the, for the, sure, for, uh, for the, why am I blanking? Oh, the big sick. The big sick. Yes. The big sick. I almost yeah. said the big sleep. I was like, that's not right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So it, it missed it there. And then they finally got it here. So yeah. Um, it, it's, it, yeah. Uh, the Eyes of Tammy Faye was such an interesting movie as far as like there were so many there were it was so cyclical in how people saw it. They're like, okay, this movie's incredible. Ah, this movie's fine. Uh, mm -hmm. she's not gonna get nominated. She doesn't deserve to be nominated. She's incredible. This movie's great. Okay, maybe the movie's not great, but she's great. And it it it's never really it's never really stayed in one area for very long. Sure. It's been all over the place. Yeah, it really has been. And and I think you mentioned earlier, Andrew Garfield, how great he is in it too. It's just two great performances in an otherwise, you know, not particularly great movie. Yeah. But yeah. they're both so good in it. Uh, as for should win here, yeah, I, I'm going with Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers. I mean, just, just fantastic. I mean, I was, until I watched it yesterday, I was going Olivia Coleman, but yeah. like you said, she's, she already has so many Oscars and she's going to get so <laughs> many more Oscars. Yeah. And Kristen Stewart is great. Don't get me wrong, but you know, she's so young. She's going to have a long career ahead of her. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and she's, she's awesome in Spencer, but, uh, yeah, I'm going with Penelope Cruz, just a fantastic performance all around. So, uh, what is something that should have been nominated? I have to give a shout out to my other foreign language ladies, uh, Renata Rinsby. I guess that's how you say it. Uh, I think so. I've never heard it actually. It. That sounds close enough from the worst person in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, somebody said if you had two more weeks and let people watch it more and maybe released it a little earlier so people could see it, she's probably mm -hmm. a best actress nominee. Yeah. Like, um, because that, that's, that's my favorite movie of the year, by the way. Um, okay. it's, that was the movie that hit me. It, it's a perfect segue of like, okay, 20 to th 20 to 30 and trying to figure out your life and that kind of stuff. And it hit me specifically perfectly. I was like, okay, this is incredible. And she's incredible. Um, the other one would be Agatha Rousseau 
uh, Rus yeah, Russell. Russell. R yeah. Agatha Russell for Titan. <sighs> Trying to describe the performance is difficult. Sure. Because it's such the film in general. <laughs> my wife calls it the the car sex movie. I mean, a, a, as, as as most people do. <laughs> yeah. Um but it's so much, so much more. Though. It's so much deeper than that. And yeah, she changes her performance from this from like this vicious psychopath to more of a still kind of like a like a sociopath and then on to like okay maybe i she actually has a little bit of good in her but at no time does she really do anything of any good worth like no it's it, it was a, such an interesting performance her and vincent linden in general um that's a that's a movie that's tough to get out of your head and uh and i can't imagine that performance that i mean it just goes in such different places yeah yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, she she is she is fantastic in that, and uh, definitely a good pick. Uh, I'm of course going with Alana Haim. Of course, from of course, Licorice Pizza. Um, the the standout of the whole movie. I mean, she she is so damn good in this movie, and I would think uh, goes really well with with your uh, the worst person in the world uh, pick here. I mean, they're they're two performances coming of age type movies but kind of coming of age uh adjacent you know unique yeah. different takes on that yeah uh that kind of blend a couple of different genres in uh but yeah elena haim so good um and such a such an interesting performer and it, it'll be curious to see like almost you know of course a lot of people talked about lady gaga leading up to this it'll be interesting to see if if elena haim does more or you know how she is with a career in acting uh, if, if she really like takes it on and runs with it, or if it's just like a once in a while thing or, or yeah, where exactly and, it goes and, for. And kind of like Vicky creeps. It's like, well, do people like working with Paul Thomas Anderson is not like working with anybody else. Sure. And can, can somebody do it correctly with her as opposed to like, uh, uh, like I'm not worried about Paul Thomas Anderson getting it, nailing it. And it took, yeah. it, it took the rest of the world a good, what five years to figure out Vicky creeps. Yeah. And now they finally turned around and say, like, okay, now we know what we got here and maybe yeah. it'll take that a little while for a lot as well. Um, so, um, but I'm optimistic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am too. Absolutely. She's just uh, really fantastic. Uh, but speaking of directors, let's go to best director. We've got, of course, Paul Thomas Anderson for licorice pizza. We've got Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. Uh, Ryosuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car, Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog, and Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. Uh, also a very difficult category. Uh, what do you have for should win and what will win? Um, the will win is Jane Campion. It's, it's, it's all but assured. Just like anything else, like, like you said, I like, I like your analogy with Will Smith. It's like, uh, it's been hammered home so hard that she's going to win best director that if she didn't win best director, it would be shocking. Yeah. It's, it's not even that she doesn't win. I don't know who would replace her. Like you in, in, in best actor, you're like, okay, it'll be Cumberbatch or Garfield. If somebody were to surprise, well, if somebody surprises in best director, I don't know who that would be right. because like, I mean, the Oscars have given Paul Thomas Anderson a, uh, what he's up to nine nominations now. I think so. And, yeah. uh, and you have yet to give him anything. Yeah. And, and by the way, we're not covering screenplay, but I don't even think he's going to get that. And that's probably was the place where he would be most likely to get it this year, but I don't even think he's going to get that. I put a little money on. Don't look up. Um, yeah, just I because know. it's it, the odds were too tasty. 
like insane. It's like uh, I was like, man, that uh, I hate. Don't look up. It's it's yeah, it's yeah. not it's not my least favorite film of the year, but it's close. Um, but the people that matter, like, don't look up. <laughs> I know, I know. But uh, um, it's 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 going to be Campion, and I think it probably should be Campion. It's the right time. Mm. Um, if there was a close second, it would be uh, it would be Hamaguchi, just because mm. what he does with that film uh, is it takes it. In, it's, uh, my favorite thing about Drive My Car in general is. You know, obviously films about grief are nothing new, but the difference that it does here is that, well, grief takes time and drive my car takes time. It does it on purpose. It's, it's not just, oh, you had this therapeutic session and you're done with it. And that's that it it's, it takes its time to spurt out and little things come here and little things come here and eventually it pours out at the end. And that's exactly what happens. But, uh, I think that the can the the should and the will will be Jane Campion and probably is my number one director for the year as well. I definitely agree. Will win. I mean, it's 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 happening. I'd say almost no matter what, it's happening. Yeah. Uh, should win. I'm torn. I mean, I I, I think I, I don't really like uh, Belfast. So let's let's put that one to the side. That's fine. I, but, I don't uh, want to be mean to it. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 a nice movie, I yeah, guess. Exactly. Uh, That's exactly how but, I put it. It's it doesn't yeah. it doesn't in, I don't hate it. I don't love it. Like everybody's right. like Belfast is terrible. I'm like it's not. Like Belfast mm. is a masterpiece. It's not. Like it's right. fine. Like it's but, fine. Sorry. Absolutely fine. Um of course, you know, personal preference I would go with licorice pizza, but I think uh, everything you're saying about drive my car makes sense and also I mean when the Academy, you know, actually bothers to look to international for, you know, other nominations, I mean, it should mean something, yeah. you know, so that, that's a very strong contender. And then, I mean, West Side Story, uh, even if it's not perfect, I mean, Spielberg is Spielberg and he it figured is it out. incredibly it directed yeah. movie. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, just personal preference. I'm going Licorice Pizza, PTA, even though it's going to be Jane Campion for sure. Yeah. So. What is something that should have been nominated for director? I I was I was looking at it and I was like, oh man, I love Denis Villeneuve and Julie Ducourneau and Joachim Trier and Celine Siam and all these all these foreign directors or uh, non American directors directing blockbusters. I'm gonna mm. go with Pablo Lorraine. Like, okay, he's a guy who, for some reason, just as soon as Spencer came out, everybody's like, man, it was great, 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 and then it went to went to Stuart and nothing else. And yeah. I think it's a much more well-directed movie than it, than it's given credit for. It's not, it's not a performance in a bubble. And Lorraine, did, the same thing happened whenever uh, Jackie came out and, and it all came. It's like, okay, Portman's going to get an Oscar nomination. It's great. All the music and all this kind of stuff. And it never really surrounded Pablo Lorraine. And I, I don't really understand why he doesn't get the credit that he does not only for his, not only for his way with actors, but the way the scenes are set up and his the kind of ghost story reality of uh, his fables of reality. Um, yeah, it's, it's he's he's the one that always sticks in my head. Yeah, no, great pick and a great point too to to the fact that you know all the attention went to Stewart, even though it's a great movie all around, and uh, it is surprising that that uh, the director doesn't get any attention there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, good pick there. I'm gonna go with again. I didn't love Dune, 
but uh, it is a hundred percent vision. I talked about that on the episode, and yes. you know, it, it really, if you're gonna, aside from the technical awards, if you're going to, uh, you know, award it anywhere, a director would be the place for it. Yes. And Denis Villeneuve is. And really exciting, interesting director, even if I don't always love all of his movies, um, just always something that I'm excited to go see on the biggest screen possible, of course. And uh, so, yeah, uh, definitely, I, I think that that would be my pick. Yeah, that's a good one. I, he's kind of got a Christopher Nolan quality as far as like he has yeah. a is a pastiche without actually being like, what's his thing? He's like, yeah, it doesn't really have a thing, but it's right. a, it's something like there's yeah. a there's something about it that like, like realistic scope or something like, yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. And I agree. All right. Best picture time. Our nominees are licorice pizza, the power of the dog drive my car, West side story, Dune nightmare alley, King Richard, don't look up Coda and Belfast. This is a race that I feel like the, uh, projected winner has just been all over the place like by week by week by week it just keeps changing but what do you think should win and what will win uh, okay so i keep going back and forth because this mm. is a two horse race this is between power of the dog and coda yeah and I, i've always th this is this is a interesting conversation with it because it's always like you think back in 1998 being a great example they always look at Saving Private Ryan and Shakespeare in Love as enemies that go against each other. And that's not really the case. It's like sure. they're not, one is not designed to, to destroy the other. And uh, the, the La La Land producer said the same thing about Moonlight. It's like it's always right. been Moonlight versus La La Land. But in reality, they've just been, they've been their own movies. It's not a Coda's great, Power of the Dog's terrible, Power of the Dog's a masterpiece, Coda's a piece of crap. It's, they can both exist simultaneously and be great and just have a award difference like this is this is the interesting thing because it, it creates such passion for the awards you say well the awards don't mean anything it's like yes they do because the last three weeks essentially have been a non-stop flurry of this movie is terrible it doesn't deserve this award and uh comparing it to crash and stuff like that um i i i i, I like coda and I, mm -hmm. I think The Power of the Dog is almost a masterpiece, if not a masterpiece. So I have the preference of Power of the Dog, but if Coda wins, I'm not going to be disappointed. And the more I see about it, the more I think about it, the more I want to say Coda, just because ever the, the people are saying, I think it's going to be Coda, uh, as opposed to the reality of the situation where I still probably think Power of the Dog is going to come away with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's really hard because I mean I, we've joked about this on Twitter before, but like you know the idea that Netflix has been gunning for an Oscar just year after year after year the the this past few years that streaming has been on the rise and that Apple TV Plus would be the first one to do it is just uh, insane if Coda wins. Um, and then there's the conversation about you know the backlash that a small yeah. movie like Coda would would face if it wins. So it makes it really difficult. Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Coda. Uh, don't blame me. I, I, I don't like Coda very much. <laughs> I really, I, I, I get it. it. You know, it's, I get that a lot of people really loved it and that's great. You know, I, I've got, I've got nothing against Coda. It's fine if it wins, whatever, but, uh, I just think it's going to win. I yeah. think that there's just the right amount of, uh, 
you know, a, a groundswell of, of support right now for it. You so think it's going three for three? I feel like, I feel like it's going to, I, yeah. I just feel like the power of the dog is just losing a little bit of momentum, which is a very strange thing. If Campion just wins director, yeah. um, you know, but I don't know. I just think it's losing a little bit of momentum where Coda is gaining it all. But of yeah. course there's always the chance that don't look up, just sneaks in and, and takes it from both of them. It's... That, that, so that is the crash situation. Don't look up winning <laughs> is the situation where you're like, oh, come on. Yeah, then, then we can actually literally Then we mad. can have that conversation. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the situation. Uh, I would be, the way the preferential ballot works, I would be shocked if it's anything besides the two. Just because yeah. the passion is so there for Coda and Power of the Dog. Um, I, I think Don't Look Up probably has the most third place votes or mm -hmm. second place votes. But I mean, I don't know if that makes a difference in the long run compared to how the passion for Coda and the passion for Power of the Dog. I would have to be like, man, there's really something weird with the preferential ballot system um, <laughs> where Don't Look Up is able to get that. Now, there, there, was a, there was an incredibly entertaining and fascinating YouTube video discussing the preferential ballot and uh, a, a guy took a... Uh, took actual Hollywood insiders and said, this is what the preferential ballot is looking like and let's eliminate each movie as they go. And this is how it works. And it, it's a good way to understand it. Um, and Power of the Dog did end up winning just over Coda. So it wasn't mm. like, it wasn't something that was like, okay, well, Coda was eliminated fifth or something. No, no, no. It was, it was Coda right and Power of the Dog the whole way. And then it eventually, okay, well, it, it solidified to one. It won't surprise me if Coda wins. Um, I, I, it'll be one of those things is, you know, adapted screenplay is way earlier in the day. So in the broadcast. So as soon as they say adapted screenplay goes to Coda, I'm like, okay, well, that's going to win best picture. And right, yeah. vice versa. <laughs> if Power of the Dog wins best, wins adapted screenplay, it's like, okay, that's best picture. So that's that. Okay. Yeah. That, that is the thing to look out for then for sure. And of course my should win was licorice pizza. So, you know, that, you know, what more can I say about licorice pizza? I, I love that movie more than anything else that came out last year. I mean, so. it's, it just hit your sweet spot of everything. It's perfect. It's, <laughs> it's the only five-star movie I watched last year, but that's uh we, we don't have to get too far into that. What do you have for something that should have been nominated for best picture? You know, I'm looking through and I was like, okay, what, what's, you know, what, what should have taken Don't Look Up's place? That's how I should work. Uh, there's <laughs> everything, everything except Space Jam 2, New Legacy. Yeah. Um, I'll, 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 I'll default to the worst person in the world just because it's, okay. it's so, it hit, hit me. It, it, that's the movie in 10 years. I won't, I won't forget. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's not the only five-star movie I had this year, but it's, it's the one I was like, man, that's number one with the bullet. And yeah. It just hit me in the right spot, and I'm going to be watching it for a long time, for many years. And, uh, I mean, everything around it, from all the performances to the, the stylistic, the, the this incredible script, that's, that's the one I'm going to land on. Everything else, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, maybe, you know, you could talk me into. Parallel Mothers being a close second. But, uh, yeah. but Worst Person in the World is definitely the one that I land on. Interestingly, both of those, uh, uh, Worst Person in the World and Parallel Mothers, if they had been nominated, would probably be my number two or number three, right behind, you know, Licorice Pizza and The Power of the Dog are, are my tops of, of the ones that are nominated. But um, 
Yeah, I'm going with Titan for my uh, should have been. Good choice. Uh, and, you know, it's funny, you know, we're in that bubble of the film Twitter world, and I feel like that movie worked so well for those of us in that world. We all seem to love that movie. We raved about it for months and months since it first came out. Yeah. Uh, but then it just kind of went away. It didn't become a part of this conversation. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, for many of the reasons we've already discussed when talking about the uh, performances and, uh, you know, it's just, it's just a really uh, crazy and unique and I think worthwhile movie. And, uh, yeah, the, like you were just saying with the worst person in the world, it's something I'm going to be returning to and thinking about for a long time. Yeah. And, and, you know, you go back to Titan and, and parallel mothers, they were kind of mess. The, the international feature race is the thing that doomed them the most. For some reason, yeah. Spain didn't send parallel mothers as their, uh, as their representative. And this, I, I can't even remember the stupid Javier Bardem movie. They put instead the good mm -hmm. doctor, good lawyer, I'm not sure. See, it, it, see, it doesn't matter because... We don't even remember it. doesn't it. matter because nobody's seen it. <laughs> and then Titan didn't even get, uh, didn't get shortlisted. And right, it wasn't even shortlisted. It wasn't even shortlisted. And everybody, everybody saw it coming, but still. Like, yeah. if it had gotten shortlisted, everybody would have talked themselves into this. Oh, it'll, it'll make the top five. No, no it won't. But yeah. um, I look at it and be like, I didn't like The Hand of God. And mm -hmm. it was like, Everybody talks about that movie. It, it talked about that movie for like a minute. And I look at it and I'm like, I'm never going to remember that movie. And yeah. I'll never forget Titan. So, yeah. Yeah. Right on. Well, that does it for the Oscars. I guess we will uh, find out this Sunday. Yes, we will. What happens. And uh, I am looking forward to watching and tweeting along with it all. And uh, we will have to uh, have you back on the show again sometime, Ben. Absolutely. I am so happy to have you back this time. Thanks so much uh, for having me back. Yeah, definitely. We will get you for another uh, regular episode soon. Um, before I let you go, though, I do want to ask you, is there a movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Oh, uh, just for the sake of, um, just for the sake, it's, it's not a good movie, mm -hmm. but uh, if you have the chance to seek it out, uh, Morning Glory from 1930. It's Catherine okay. Hepburn's first Oscar nomination and win. Um, it is 77 minutes long. Um, I highly recommend you seek it out because one, it's not a good movie and, but it goes quickly. And two, hmm. anybody who, I want you to put yourself in the situation of seeing, seeing this movie and being like, this is what Catherine Hepburn is. And then realizing that people have that thought process in them for the rest of their lives thinking, well, what about that one movie where she was this madcap? talk about and this kind of dits and then in the reality of what Catherine Hepburn actually became it's the exact mm. opposite of that performance um so uh if you get if you get the opportunity uh do seek that out just because it's short and you know if you're an Oscar completist that's a early best actress uh nominee if uh if if uh if you're actually looking for a good movie go to Netflix and watch Windfall uh good yes. Hitchcockian vibes Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Ben, again, thank you so much for being here and I look forward to getting you back again sometime. Thanks, soon. you, sir. I'm Josh Bell. And I'm Jason Harris, and we co host a podcast called Awesome Movie Year. Each season, we take a look back at an awesome year for movies, which is every year. We deep dive into these specific years and we pick out why they were such great years for films. We go over the biggest hits, the biggest flops, the best picture, and some personal picks, some cult classics. 
Years we've covered in past seasons include 1994, 2003, 1977, and 1984, and we've got all of film history to look forward to. So check us out at awesomemovieyear.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Ben Miller. Thanks to Ben for joining me. You know what, guys? I am human. It's just me running the show. I produce it. I record it. I edit it. I host it. I have to come up with all these puzzle pieces when we're doing the regular episodes. Once in a while, I make a little mistake. And I forgot to let Ben plug his website and his socials and all that stuff. I always have my guests plug themselves at the end of the episode. It's been over 300 episodes of podcasting. I don't think I've forgotten once, and I forgot this time. Ben, I'm sorry about that. Everybody check out icecreamforfreaks.com. That's the number four, icecreamnumberfourfreaks.com, where Ben posts his work. And you can follow him on Twitter at NebIsBen, Neb being Ben backwards. So Neb is Ben. He's a great follow. Check him out on Twitter and check out his website. And we will get Ben back on the show soon and he'll be able to plug his own stuff the way he'd like to do it as the David Thewlis of podcasting. So that does it for today's episode. We'll see what happens with these Oscars this weekend. I am very excited to uh, see the show, even though, as we discussed, uh, it seems like it's going to be kind of a train wreck this year, but I'm always excited for the Oscars regardless, and uh, we'll see what happens with the winners. Who do you think is going to win? Tweet at me. I'd love to hear your thoughts uh, after you listen to this episode. Let me know if I'm crazy. Let me know if you think that uh, we're right in the things that we thought should have been nominated. I love hearing from you guys, so please get in touch. You can follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. And, you know, drop those five-star ratings and reviews over on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods or wherever you listen to podcasts. If there's a five-star button you can hit, hit it. And then uh, go on with your day and watch some more movies. So let's close this thing out with a piece of music like I always do. And let's see, what should I play today? I've played this on the show before, but uh, this would be a good one to play for the Oscars. Uh, This is a track called Destined for Greatness, which I originally made for a short film from a photographer, Alexis Cormenza, and uh, then released as a single. Uh, It's not on one of my albums, but it is out there on Spotify and iTunes and all those places as a single. Uh, And it's a really cool, very uh, triumphant piece of music. And uh, I was really proud of it as the music that I had made for this short film. And I decided to kind of touch it up and turn it into its own song. And uh, it is out there to listen to. So enjoy this track. It's called Destined for Greatness. Go check out the rest of my music by davidrosen.com if you want to uh, find all of my albums or you can just search my name, David Rosen, on Spotify and all those places and listen to it all there. But uh, hope you enjoy it. We'll be back with more Piecing It Together real soon.
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.